Yes, Fred? Yeah, yes, Fred. I'm here. Yes, folks. I'm Fred McMurray. It's Thursday, 2 p.m. Pacific, which means this has to be hopefully humorously and educationally. excited about that. Well, we should Uh, just get started then, right, Elizabeth? I don't know what else to do. If we start with a party, you know, got to, that's the bar has been raised. Yes, the bar, the bar. Yes, you said the bar. Okay, so (laughs) let's start this with the first party that we have today, and we are celebrating today over at Closer Franchising, our good friend, our um, franchising friend, our franchising professional, Mr. Ron Bender. Happy birthday, Ron. And Happy you. birthday, Ron. Oops, Happy birthday, Ron. And you'll have to see if you know who this poem is from. It okay. says, when you go to IFA, you never know who you'll meet. One guy stood out in a shirt of green with, a very, with very big feet. <clears throat> he had the best smile I'd ever seen. And every day I saw him, his shirt was always green. I stalked him for days like a big stealth. I tracked him down to be sure we met. He looked in good health. Sorry, great health. Bottom line, now he's a special friender and that runs with Bender. Happy birthday, friend. Have a fabulous day. So let's see if he can figure out who wrote him that lovely poem. And in the meantime, we just have a slight little birthday song. Next week, Jim Petrovich. Um, we've got uh, 
who else do we have? Oh, we have ALS uh, representatives yep. from Iowa coming in who work with Great Clips. Um, that's going to be an exciting show. And to pop on Emily Vanna, right? Emily, Emily will be coming to join us. Yes, Emily is coming on. Um, and then we have Leanne Tui, um, the mother from the Blind Side movie, is coming on at the end of the month to talk about her work in foster care. And she so was featured a, on our magazine. She was, she our, was on the cover. Yep, so she's going to come talk to us. She's a lot of fun, does a lot of great work with her. Uh, they own Taco Bell and other things. But anyway, it's a jam-packed month, so you don't want to miss a week. Awesome. And there's nothing I love more than purposeful franchising. Franchising with a purpose. So let's go ahead and get started. Wait, so today wait, we have Ray. Wait, 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 wait. I get to at least, oh my God. <laughs> I get to make one comment here. No. It's not your segment. Who cares? <laughs> when you control the broadcast room, every oh, segment is say. yours. That's it. It is. Okay, what is it? Yeah. What is it? So we've done this show as as Roy, Ray Ray not Roy but Ray pointed out um, in the pre-show uh, angst that will be uh, the show's been on for four years starting in. Um, next February. And there's two things I'd like to say. One, it was really great. Uh, I think it was in 2020 when we got voted um, number one in franchising sh- uh, podcast um, by Feedspot. And I yeah. was just thinking the other day, it'd be really nice if that would happen again. Any thoughts on that, Kristen? Well, as a matter of fact, I think I shared the link with you that we were the number one uh, most recommended podcast franchise show to watch. So we ranked number one again for 2021. So if you're listening, you are with the in group right now. And uh, we are all working feverishly hard to make sure that we continue to earn that ranking every single year moving forward. Uh, every show we try to share with you more and more that we're doing to enhance the show, enhance our close of franchising LLC um, to really give not only our listeners, but our partners, our vendors, a full-blown consulting firm and podcast that you can trust. You know that we're not um, coming at you from some salesy perspective. You've got a great group of people here from all different verticals within the franchising industry. So uh, we're looking forward. Now we got the 2021 wrapped up. I'm looking already for 2022 because, believe it or not, it's right around the corner. Now that's the first thing I wanted to say. The second thing. The second thing I wanted to say is today's topic, this show, today's show, I really hate doing these, okay? Mm-hmm. We've, done them, we've done them since year one, and I hate like hell that we have to do these. I would much rather that there wasn't an issue with domestic violence so that we didn't have to raise awareness. So from a personal point of view, I really hate the fact that we have to do these shows. So to anyone listening, get your crap together, cut the <laughs> shit out, and I can go back to being much more funny because I can't be funny on this topic. And like I said, I hate this. This. Well, um, you know, you're right, Fred. It's not a funny topic. And during the pandemic, the numbers have, have dramatically increased. And I know these two ladies are going to talk about that, and it's in the magazine as well. So it is very important that we continue to spotlight it, even if it's not fun. It is critical to, to make sure that these Mostly women and children are getting the support that they need. So it is, it is a hard topic, but it's an important one. Absolutely. Absolutely. And with that, Ray, would you like to introduce our lovely guest today? Certainly. I would love to. But first of all, we need to recognize this month is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And the most important part of that uh, uh, is the awareness part because uh, – Apparently, there is a lot of people out there who don't know that there is help available. And I know I've talked to a lot of people over the years, and it's amazing how many times they, they, they say, oh, really, I know someone who's having a problem. And it's just a matter of getting that information to that person uh, so they can get help. So uh, one of the main reasons, uh, it was a big check mark in the in the uh when we were looking for a franchise was to give back to the community and uh, when i found the uh uh, molly made had the miss molly foundation it it was definitely uh 
a big yes, you know, in, in that category. So today with us, uh, speaking of Ms. Bonner, we, ha we have Michelle Robles, and she is uh, the uh, president of the Miss Molly Foundation, and she has been president for the past 10 years. And wow. uh, so she represents the Miss Molly uh, Foundation for Molly Maid. And then locally, each of the Molly Maids can connect themselves to a local safe house. And so with us today is Michelle Meyer, and she's been the executive, uh, she is the executive director of Mutual Ground. And uh, that mutual ground is um, a local safe house, but it's, it's much more than a safe house. And I'm going to let uh, Michelle uh, elaborate on that because I'm not even aware of how much things have changed over the last couple of years. And uh, they've really uh, spread their footprint out uh, to, to encompass many things. Yep. So... Uh, I'm going to add, basically maybe at, we'll start with uh, Michelle Robles uh, and tell us more about the Miss Molly Foundation and uh, how uh, each of the uh, uh, Molly Maid owners can be a part of that. Yeah, so um, thank you guys. Um, this is it's special because this is the second time this year I've got to be part of the show. So thank you guys for, for having me back. Um, this year, um, the Ms. Molly Foundation celebrates their 25th year um, giving back to the communities that we live in. And um, I think 25 years for a charity, for a nonprofit organization is just amazing. It's a, a great um, feat to be able to get there, um, to be able to have the support. You have to have support. You can't do it by yourself. Um, right. And so without the support of the awesome franchise system that Molly Made has, um, you know, the foundation wouldn't be where it is today or, or what it is today. Um, and so that's just, it's just an amazing feeling to be able to still be here after 25 years and to be able to give back. Um, we've given back um, almost $3.75 million to domestic violence shelters over those 25 years. Um, and so it's, it's really been just an amazing experience to work with everybody who's so excited and so wanting to give back. Um, so how many franchises do you currently have that participate in the Miss Valley Foundation? Um, well, 2020 is a little bit of an oddity because, you know, we had all the craziness going on with COVID. So we did have a drop in participation, but typically we get about 75 to 80% of the system that participates and does something, whether right. they give back in a per clean amount, which is something that we give, have available to franchisees, they can either give an amount per clean for the month of October. Uh -huh. Or they can give an amount per clean for the entire year. We call that our diamond level giving program. It originally started out at 10 cents, uh -huh. um, but some franchisees go well above and beyond that 10 cents and are up to 35 um, cents per clean. Um, awesome. So we have that option. Um, we also have franchisees who just have a relationship with their local shelter and they don't um, donate anything from their own franchise per se. Right. But they get their customers involved and the customers send checks and or they have a relationship with that local shelter where they get that shelter's wish list and they go take all the items that the shelter looks for for their wish list items and takes those items over to that local domestic violence shelter that they're working with. And that so, is a lot of work. We, we did that a couple of years and uh, I'll tell you the number of van loads that we ran were quite amazing. So, and it's always, it's always a great time and I know everybody um, really feels good about it. Even the girls who are out there cleaning houses and bringing back the donations, it's really, important to them because they feel like they're a part of it. One of the questions I wanted to ask you today, because um, we know that a lot of our listeners out there are really thinking about buying a franchise, and outside of specifically Tamale Maid, do you think that um, having a cause is something that is uh, that helps people make good decisions or decisions more towards franchises that have a cause than not? Do, do you? Yeah, it's one of those things, you know, I we always say that, you know, provided that all services were equal, which of course we don't think our services right. are equal. We think our services are better, right? Um, but if all services were equal, it is something that helps people um, choose. We, we looked into some um, research on giving back to nonprofits and why do people give back and, and all of those things. But um, customers want to do business with people in their community that they know are giving back to their community. Right. So they want to be involved with an organization that is doing something to make their community a better place. 
Okay. And not only are they doing that, but they want you to tell them what you're doing, and they want you to tell them how they can get involved. And lastly, they want you to make it easy for them to be able to get involved. So by what, you know, with Molly Made, we have a website where you can go on and go to mismolly.org, and there's uh-huh. a place where you can go on and make a donation there. Our customers know that it's there. Um, people who are, who are following, following us on Facebook know that it's there, so they make donations there. But sure. then we have franchisees who send out the letter to their customers every year to say, hey, this is what we're doing this year. And right. you can either write us a check and leave it at the house, or you can, when you go grocery shopping next time, you can pick up these items or if you, you know, whatever the case may be, but making it easy. So I definitely sure. think people choose um, companies that are giving back to their, to, their, um, to their community because they want their community to be, to be a better place. Yeah. As we talk about making things so easy for, for our customers and for people who want to donate, and they do not obviously need to be a client to donate because they can just go to mollymade.com and there'll be a tab there for the Ms. Molly Foundation. But as we talk about easy, tell me what have been in the last year, even six months since you've been on, what have been some of the biggest challenges for you as a non-for-profit specific to domestic violence? So our biggest challenge um, over the past year has just been that we had, you know, that we had a lot of, um, we had a lot of franchises closed because of COVID or not closed permanently, but closed for, for many weeks or, or months, depending on where they were at in the country. And so, you know, and, the, and then those franchisees who, you know, have been so dedicated at giving back to, to their local domestic violence shelter because they were closed and they normally donated an amount personally and their donations might've been lower than they normally have been or they might've been a little bit late in getting something started. Um, sure. So for, for us, um, because we, you know, we're just a part of an organization, of, of a bigger organization. So we're part of Molly Made and we're the, the nonprofit organization of, of Molly Made. And so um, we don't face the challenges that an organization like Michelle's at Mutual Brown is gonna face because we, you know, we're, we're kind of cushioned a little bit per se right. from that because of the way that we work with the, within the, um, the franchise organization. Right. Well, and it certainly is interesting for, um, and, and Michelle, we're, uh, Michelle Meyer, we're certainly going to get to you with Mutual Ground because your story is, is one that is um, more personal, you know, than running a foundation. Not that running a foundation is a personal, because I joined the foundation because it was a personal matter to me. Yeah. Um, and I know there are a lot of people out there who join causes that support personal experiences. But it, it's, um, it's very interesting to me. Michelle, how kind of goes hand in hand with the brand, the Molly, mm-hmm. Molly made and Miss Molly seem to go hand in hand. Do you have any thoughts or any um, suggestions to brands out there, franchisers out there looking who want to start up a non-for-profit? you have any thoughts for them? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, a couple of our other neighborly brands um, have you know, come to me and said, hey, we're looking at maybe, at maybe doing something, what, you know, what, what could we do or how, you know, how could, how could that work? Um, and I'll tell you, running, running and starting up a nonprofit are not easy. I was not involved with the foundation in the first five years because I've only been with Molly and Dave for 20. And like I said, the foundation is at 25. So I, I missed the first couple of years um, of the foundation. Um, and so I picked it up when you know we still hadn't gotten to a million dollars yet in, in donations in that first five years and so i you know i i picked up joining the foundation at that point um but you know starting up a, a nonprofit organization is not easy it's not mm-hmm. for the change of heart because you know you really have to have passion for what you do and you really have to have passion and believe in 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 the nonprofit in that uh you know that organization that you that you want to start up and um and then you have to have perseverance because again, it's not going to be easy. And you might, you know, you might set out with a goal of raising $5,000 in your first year. And, you know, if you have to, you have to start, start small because, you know, it's, it's not, you have to get, build the awareness and build the foundation up. Um, you know, I remember Dave and Mary Dickinson, who, who have been, who are Molly Mate owners in the Chicago market with you guys now. And they have been, uh, they had been board members for, for many, many years. But they said, you know, their most loyal customers were customers who believed in the foundation. They almost went almost went backwards. They found the found Ms. Molly, or Molly made because of looking for an organization that was going to give back to domestic violence, and they found that those customers were extremely loyal. Um, but yeah, you you do it. It is not for the faint of heart, but it is very very much worth it. Um, once you get to the foundation to the point where 
it, it's starting to get recognized and people know what it does and, and it and it you know and you're and you're to a point where it's not to say it runs itself because it doesn't. We obviously have to be doing the board has to be doing their job every month. Um, yes. But it does get to a point where it's easier. Um, right. but the, the startup, the beginning is, is definitely not easy. I know um, when Dave and Mary stepped in to the foundation, um, uh, I think it was in, in uh, 2000, maybe 99, when they stepped in, the foundation almost didn't make it. And right. it was only with their passion and help and guidance that we made it to where we're at today. And then they stuck around the board for a long time just to make sure that it was going to survive. Right. Right. Well, and I think it, that all has a lot to do with leadership, too. And so I think, you know, as, as companies go through leadership changes, it's important that your franchisees don't give up on the vision and yeah. on the cause of whatever organization that you're supporting, because sometimes you may lose your way. The leadership may lose their way, and it's the franchisee's responsibility to help keep them on track. So I think that's a really interesting point. Yeah. I do want to bring up a past guest that we had on the this, on this show um, that helped franchisors, as we were just talking, um, find causes to support so that they are more of a, a purposeful franchise. And, and that gentleman's name was Dave Kyle with um, Franworth. And um, I think he, he had a really great episode. If you're out there and you're listening and you are a franchisor, you're thinking about getting your franchise involved in them um, in some way, fashion or form, go back and listen to our past episodes. Again, that was with David Kyle. Uh, with Franworth. So I'd like to go ahead and take a quick break and uh, pay the bills. And then when we come back, Michelle Meyer, I'd like to hear all about Mutual Ground and what it is that your organization does with, um, you know, the local people and also with money like Michelle Robles helps raise uh, nationwide to um, help the folks in your community. We'll be right back. Hey, franchise owners. How is your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, ad placement, and customer data intelligence, We'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805-265-5440 or visit us at westvine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or westvine with a y.com. Excellent. Thank you. And welcome again, Michelle Meyer with Mutual Ground in Aurora, Illinois. Uh, how are you today, Michelle? I'm great. How are you? Good. I'm like, okay, I have a Michelle and a Michelle. And then we have another <laughs> Michelle with Westbine. I'm like, it's all Michelle. Uh, so tell me, obviously, we know you're, you're local to, to Ray and I, but how did you happen to get into the work of domestic violence awareness? What brought you to this area? Sure. So I'm born and raised in Aurora, Illinois, and I actually went to Eastern Illinois University for college, and I had to do an internship the summer before I graduated. And uh, But right before then, there was a domestic homicide at Eastern, and uh, actually down the street from where I lived. It was a couple blocks away. And then I found out that the young lady who was a college student with me who died lived in Batavia, which is a town just next to... Oh, wow. So it really hit home, and I actually did my internship at um, Mutual Ground, and um, when I graduated, uh, I, I just remembered that internship and how amazing it was, and there was an opening, and so I took it uh, working in the courthouses with victims of domestic violence. Wow. Okay. So working in the courthouse um, certainly gave you um, a huge dose mm -hmm. of reality. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Absolutely. It's just... It's a piece of the advocacy that we do, but uh, yeah, I actually ended up working directly uh, with victims in the courthouses in our area for about 10 years before I became the executive director. And now I'm in a much more, obviously, administrative role with the organization. Sure. Can you tell us about some of the services that Mutual Ground provides? Because I'm sure that they're similar to some of the larger domestic violence shelters and services in, in the nation. Would you say it's similar, maybe not exactly the same? 
Uh, absolutely, it's similar. Um, and, actually, and we're pretty large actually here. Uh, we actually have about 70 employees right now. We have a budget of $3.6 million. Uh, we've been around since uh, 1985. I'm sorry, wow. 1975. 1975. Yeah. And uh, we provide not only shelter. I know a lot of people think of shelter when they think of a domestic violence program. Uh, but we like to think of our services as three different prongs. So we, we focus on prevention, intervention, and ongoing services, right? Yeah. Our prevention programming, we're actually in over 100 schools in our area, uh, working directly with the districts of each school uh, to uh, contract to bring them information uh, to the students' presentations on Aaron's Law and uh, at the sexual violence prevention, uh, sexual harassment prevention, uh, you know, when you get into the teenage years, sexting and all that stuff, yeah. and, uh, dating violence. So we're going into these schools and doing these presentations. And not only are we doing that, but then we're providing advocacy afterwards. So if a child is in one of our presentations and hears something uh, that they find is familiar to them, uh -huh. uh, they're being sexually assaulted or they're dealing with domestic violence, they can come talk to one of us privately and then we can bring them in for services. You so, know what I like about that is that... You know, when you look at domestic violence, it tends to be cyclical, right? So, so if parents or grandparents are having an episode, and next thing you know, you know, the children go to school and they go through a class or lesson like yours, it kind of brings it to their attention so that they understand that what they see at home, that's not okay. That's not oh, right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And actually, one story I'll tell you, a quick one, is that uh, one of the students who went to the private room afterwards. Um, got the information and took it back to his mom, who had been in a domestic violence incident the night before, where her husband, his father, had strangled her or put her in a And um, she ended up coming here to get services and get an order of protection because her son got that information at school and brought it to her. And she, I remember her telling me, look, you know, I, I feel so bad that it took my son telling me I needed to do this. Um, yeah getting help. So he really helped her just by getting this information in the school. So, I mean, prevention is truly the key and you're right. Absolutely. And so if you don't get in there early, um, you know, it, it's harder for sure. Yeah. And without, without the education, you can't really have the prevention, right? Because again, they, it's the monkey see monkey do. You think it's the right thing to do, right? That's how you grow up. So I think yeah. that's great. So what have you found, um, Obviously, things have changed with COVID. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't want to go off track. I almost did. What? What? Can you tell me some other things you've, you've got? Obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sure. So we also focus on intervention. So we do have a shelter here. It's uh, 20 beds, seven cribs. Uh, we did have to bring down our census a bit because of COVID. Uh, but get it back up uh, once things straighten out. Uh, and then we have two crisis lines that we run 24/7, just like the um, shelter. We have legal advocacy, which is what I was talking about earlier. So we go into the area courthouses and help people navigate the criminal justice system, get protective orders. Um, and then we also have a medical advocacy program where we respond to area emergency rooms when the nurses call us with somebody presenting either uh, with domestic violence or sexual violence issue. We go out to that emergency room no matter what time it is, day or night, we're there within the hour to, to provide advocacy and support. Um, wow. and know what their rights are and help them get in order of protection and a lot of times bring them into shelter because those are obviously the worst case scenarios and I'll tell you um, that our numbers of emergency room visits are have gone up exponentially since um, COVID which is sad to say but I'm glad we're there yeah. uh, for the people who need us. Yeah so, absolutely. So those are the intervention pieces that we do and then we have an ongoing services piece and that's the biggest piece of what we do so that's walk-in services so anybody can walk into mutual ground or call and get an appointment and um, get free counseling uh, with a master's level counselor um, whenever they need it. And, uh, and then we also provide that individually in the group setting. And then we also do it for the kids. That's awesome. You know, I think that's great because there's um, the thing I like. And so for people who've not been involved in domestic violence, um, I will tell you the, the one thing that I'm sure you see if you're not able to get to those victims right away when the situation is hot, when they just come out of it, a lot of times the next morning or the day after, the abuser has had time to manipulate them again into believing, oh, it was just an accident. Oh, I didn't mean it. Oh, I'll never do that again, right? And so 
there begins this pattern. And so I think by you getting in there right away, you, you probably prevent a lot of second and third and fourth. Yeah, that's a, we consider that the cycle of violence and um, you can always look that up. I won't go into it here, but there is a cycle that continues to happen. You stay in an abusive relationship and it ends up going faster and faster and the and um, abusive incident ends up getting worse and worse as you stay in it. Um, and a lot of times it takes five to seven times before somebody will actually step and leave for good. Uh, so yeah. for them, no matter what steps, no matter what place they are in their journey. And we actually just uh, acquired a uh, outpatient addiction services program called Breaking Free. And so now we're even, we're also providing addiction services for people who need it. Oftentimes addictions and domestic and sexual violence will intersect. Um, yeah. Sometimes people come to us and they need those services as well. Now, now we're able to have that under our umbrella. I think that, that's was, that was one of the questions I was going to ask Michelle is what's new at Mutual Ground and, and then that's the uh, I know that uh, Mutual Ground's expanded dramatically uh, since well since COVID a year and a half ago and, it, and so that is one of the things what else has, has uh, Mutual Ground I think you've also expanded your footprint as far as being uh, outside of Aurora is that correct? Yeah so not only did we uh, gain a building with the merger <laughs> with the acquisition but before that, we were expanding uh, our footprint uh, because we do serve the southern portion of Kane, Kane County and all of Kendall County in Illinois. So we uh, we have satellite offices in the two area houses in Kane and Kendall, and we have a satellite office um, in Batavia. We have a satellite office in Yorkville. We're seeing 1,500 clients a year, um, basically, wow. and um, we're answering 3,000 calls a year, emergency calls. Um, last year, we had 85 disclosures of abuse in those area schools that we go to. So we are making a significant impact in our community. And I think uh, we're able to get out there as much as possible to uh, get that community engagement, and make sure people know that we're here if they need us. I think that's amazing. I really appreciate it. And I want to make sure that we give a couple of shouts out. Um, and for people who are listening who may be, I think, are the statistics still one in four? Uh, yeah. Women know somebody. Okay, so so one in four. If it's not you, it could be one of the three friends you have in your circle. Somebody Either know well. somebody or have been or are in a domestic violence situation. And for those folks, I want to make sure that I give you our, the number. The National Domestic Violence Hotline is 1-800-799-7233. Again, that's 1-800-799-SAFE or 7233. We will have that posted on our website so that you can reference that as well as a link. Uh, for both the Ms. Molly Foundation and for Michelle Meyer at Mutual Ground. And I would really like to thank both of you ladies for sharing this first October uh, show with us. It is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and that's certainly why we wanted to have you on here. And thank you and applaud you both for all of your hard work and the help that you give, not only to women, but to, to men and children alike. Um, who find themselves in such a terrible, terrible situation. So um, thank you both ladies. I really appreciate your uh, your drive and your dedication to domestic violence women. Uh, domestic violence awareness. Thank Wait you. a second, time out. I didn't hear the famous last question. I'm sorry, I may be off, but I didn't hear how to get a hold of them. <laughs> well, I kind of just well, said no, that, but yeah, I should was... ask them, you're right. Thank you. Yes. Uh, all the information will be on the webpage uh, for uh, both the Mutual Ground and the Miss Molly Foundation. So, uh, yes. but there is one point that uh, I'd like to make, and, and when you when you're just starting your business and struggling, and you are part, of, as I was, a part of the Miss Molly Foundation, uh, sometimes you wonder, is it worth it? And then something happens where you're out visiting a client and you start telling them about your involvement in the Miss Molly Foundation and that client breaks in tears because she knows someone. Or an employee comes in, maybe with a black eye, and you tell them it makes it worth it. it, makes so- it worth it. I, I'm, I'm down with all that, but I still haven't heard from our guests how people get a hold of them. Either that you know, or Meyer, I'm going... would you please tell us how to find you at Mutual Ground? Sure, yeah. Before I do that, though, I, can I just thank 
race for um, all the help that he has given with his franchise, but, you know, to support Mutual Crown. He's been absolutely amazing to us, and he is part of the reason that we're able to bring these services to our community. So thank you so much, Ray. And Michelle, thank you for all you do at the foundation. Uh, you can reach me at mmeyer at mutualground.org. Uh, our crisis line is 630-897-0080 in case you're in our area and need help. But even if you aren't, you can call us and we can help you get help wherever you are. Um, and our website is mutualground.org. So I encourage you to go there and uh, help in any way you can or find more resources for you or some of you Awesome. Michelle Robles, would you please share with our guests how our listeners, guest listeners, okay, how to get a hold of you? So the best way to get a hold of me is mrobles, R-O-B-L-E-S, at msmolly.org, mismolly.org, um, or you can call me if you need to, uh, 734-822-6820. We also have the website. Um, you can go to mollymade.com and find, out, find us there, or you can just go to mismolly.org, and it will take you directly to the Ms. Molly page um, on the mollymade.com page. Awesome. And again, we will have that all posted on our webpage so anyone can find you. If they weren't quick enough or if they were listening in their cars and wanted to write it down and couldn't, it will all be on the webpage. So thank you very much, ladies. We really appreciate your time and dedication. <laughs> you know I had to get one in there. Go ahead, Evil Skippy. <laughs> All right, so we want to say thank you so much to both of the Michelles, Meyer and Robles, for sharing their insight and experience in the domestic violence awareness campaign. Um, once again, if you want to make a donation, donations have been down due to the pandemic. Um, the need has risen also due to the pandemic. So be sure um, you can always go to pillarsoffranchising.com to get connected to either of their foundations. Um, if you are looking for a franchise and you are interested in ones that will support a cause that you're interested in or give back to the community, um, please email us at yourfuture@pillarsoffranchising.com. We can help steer you in the right direction for that. And once again, that domestic violence hotline is 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 800-799-7233. Up next, we have David Kajanik, and he's going to talk about fantasy or reality. Yeah, you would think. For right now, Kristen's going to talk a minute to give Fred some cover because the screen changed. So talk, Kristen. Oh, well, I'm looking at David in my other screen. He's looking fabulous. He's looking ready to go. He's chomping at the bit to share information. So that's good. We've already got a little bit of a, of a teaser of what we're going to talk about today. So that's very exciting. And again, we'd like to thank everybody for listening today. And do remember that in Pillars of Franchising, we are now a full-service consulting firm. So we will not only be helping you find a franchise, particularly one, if you wish, that has a cause-based um, organization behind it, as we just talked to the Ms. Molly Foundation. Um, obviously, we have a a good relationship here with Great Cliff with Jerry Akers and the ALS Foundation. And we're excited to uh, this, this upcoming month as well. I think it's next week. Talk to the Ronald McDonald House, which is also through uh, Great Cliff. So there's a lot of great things coming up. Um, and if you haven't checked out our new digital magazine, please, please visit. Boy, I can't talk today. The Pillars of Franchising homepage, and you'll see the magazine uh, right there that you can click on. And thank you to Elizabeth for all your hard work and dedication in putting that together. And obviously we have, um, not obviously to you, but obviously to me, we also have Michelle Robles, who did a nice write-up in there about the Miss Valley Foundation. So I think that's a great read. And we also have a place in there that you can write to us, let us know if you're looking for a franchise and you want some help. And uh, we've also got some mentorship programs coming up. And our, our great friend Jerry Akers has a book coming out, which I'm sure he'll tell us a little teaser about that again. So uh, there's never a dull moment here at Pillars of Franchising. Where and is my guy David? He's coming. Are you ready for him? You ready? Shall I, we give I him mean, a pause? Come on, David. He's being shy today. But here is he is. Is that what it is? Uh, yes. He lost I'm beginning his hat. To... <laughs> I'm beginning to get a complex. <laughs> and I can't get on the screen. <laughs> Well, we're glad I, you're here. Me in particular, I was just running out of hot air. Hard to believe. I, no. I, I was saying, keep going. You're doing great. 
Yeah. I um yeah I, I again you guys know how I feel as soon as Fred says there's tech, technical difficulty I start sweating because <laughs> I figure I did something wrong so <laughs> I like, share oh, no, that with you down. David <laughs> I share that with you because he spent so much of the last episode talking and not focusing on getting the screen ready but ah we won't go there <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I start to I start Ooh. to get that same feeling that we would have in the in the Buffalo Wild Wings, and it was at the height of UFC stuff. So you'd have a packed place, I mean, literally wall to wall, and you had to pay for it. And then you, you, and then it's supposed to come on, and you have every screen set up, and the place is packed, and they're ready. And then on the screen it says, you are not authorized to view this program. Oh, <laughs> and that's when that's when my manager and I would run into the office and hide because lock the door. One, one of us is calling direct TV, the other one's calling the police. So. <laughs> Nothing worse than a bunch of excited UFC fans who are ready to fight and they want to pretend like they are the UFC fighter, right? You've got it, hundred percent on the I, money, and and I, I always tell everybody, I say, okay, we've already paid for it. If this doesn't resolve itself. We're calling the police. We're running out the back door, and we're telling the police, "Everybody, take care of everybody else." Let's point out that was in Ohio. That, that is in Ohio. That is correct. All right. So anyway, fantasy versus reality. Well, I just gave you a reality. Yeah, right? let's so talk fantasy, fantasy now. That's more fun. <laughs> That's more fun. Well, it, it is and it isn't, and and this is what I want to talk about a little bit. So, you know, I've I kind of started last week, and I want to keep going with this thing because. I really want to talk to the potential franchise owners out there and, and, and keep, you know, keep driving home the point that if it's something you want to do, man, by all means, you know, grab it by both horns and, and, and do it. I mean, but, but there is, but, but you have to understand what, what lies ahead of you. So, um, and that's what I call fantasy versus reality. I mean, the fantasy of everybody says, as soon as you say you're a business owner, everybody thinks you're sitting in the desk with your, or sitting in the chair with your feet up on the desk and just counting money. And that, that, that's the fantasy part of it. And it couldn't be further. The reality part though is, is if you have a dream, you can pursue that dream. You can pursue that goal and you can make it a reality, but it doesn't come without effort and it has to be you know, it has to determine what your priorities are. Where would you say is the first step in that whole process? I, is it to identify you know, I mean, your, your, where you want to be? Is it to identify your ideal business? Is it to, because, you know, I think a lot of people do that and I, they'll say, you know, I'm tired of working for somebody else. I want to go work for myself. Okay, good. I mean, I guess in some ways that's a mini step, right? That's so mm-hmm. you've identified it, but do you really believe it, right? Yeah, I, I think I think it. I, I think there's a lot, so many factors to it. I, I think we can start with here's a, here's a great quote that Mike Hyatt had, and it's: if you have a clear vision, you'll eventually attract the right strategy, right? Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a clear vision, no strategy will save you. So, I mean, I think that's such a great quote because to answer yeah. your question, if someone, it kind of comes to you. I mean, if, as long as you know, kind of, I hate to say this, deep in your soul, right? Deep in yep. your heart, what you want to do, the rest of it kind of, kind of reveals itself. Um, yeah. But, but I think, I, I think it, the difference is, you know, someone who's kind of lives in fantasy land, they, they, they rely on luck, right? They're, they're just yeah. focusing on, on the destination. They're not, they're not applying the discipline or focusing on the journey that they need to take, right? You know, a lot of times, you know, then they fantasizers are, are going to make excuses. Right? This didn't go my way. I didn't find the funding. I, whatever the case may be, or, right. um, you know, perfect example I'm working through right now. Well, we're looking for, for a location, looking for a space, and it doesn't quite fit the, the square footage that we want. So we have to get creative. Let's go to the other part. Let's demise the wall a little bit differently. Let's, Let's make a, you know, a change on a rent, but, but you kind of have to, uh, I mean, you have to take action on all those things to make it come, come true. So, you know, I, I, you know, we we talked about this, we always, and and again, as entrepreneurs, right. And as business owners, we have a lot of conversations and it's funny. It doesn't matter what the industry is. We seem to have the same 
things. Yes. <laughs> we have the same things. Like, you know, it's one the of the inner things drive, that, right? It's right. Find... But even still, along along the, the whole process, I mean, it always takes longer than you hope it's going to take, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, I open up. I think I'm going to open up a restaurant in January. It opens in July. Yeah. Right. Everything takes longer. You, you, okay, I'm going to get started in my business, and it's going to happen right away. And then a year later, you're still fighting through some red tape or some sure. bureaucracy or some loan thing. Um, yeah. Well, and you I know, think, I think. Go ahead. Ron, I'm sorry. That's okay. I, I was going to say part of it too, and I, I know certainly for me, I had that day where I was like, "That is it. I'm not doing this anymore." I'm doing my own thing. I wasn't sure what my own thing was. And I think it's okay to not really know, but I knew what I wanted, right? I knew that at the end of whatever that thing was that I did, I wanted time with the kids instead of away from the kids. I knew I wanted to be able to have time in my day that was flexible, like so many people are looking for today, right? And so obviously if you choose that you're looking for a franchise, right? you need to make sure that you're um, careful on which type of a franchise you choose. Because for what I'm looking for, I couldn't open a quick serve restaurant, right? That would not, I would be very unhappy. <laughs> so there is a little bit of, of planning ahead. And, and you know, I think you've talked a lot about having, um, you know, the, the stick-to-itness, the dedication, the drive. I think that's all really, really important. So yeah. let's talk a little bit more about reality. What, what do you, what do you want to talk well, about reality? Yeah, that's awesome because that, that was really kind of where I really wanted to end on this thing is, is let's just do a reality check. I mean, we know what, what everybody wants for the end game. That, that's kind of the, the, the fantasy. That's the dream, right? We're, everything you just described. And, and, and where, where I am today because of the franchise we, we, I joined. But here's the, the reality of things. And it goes, like you said, the stick to itiveness and we use grit, whatever. But here's a few things that everybody should write down or at least face a reality check on is there's going to be obstacles. And there's, they're going to be more numerous than you believe right now as you're thinking about opening up your business. There's going to be obstacles and there, there's going to be a lot of them. And you have to have the stick to itiveness, the grit, the, the perseverance to overcome those. Um, there's going to be disappointments. Um, along the way, they're going to be greater than, than you expected, right? Um, you know, throughout the years, there's times where, you know, meeting payroll was a challenge, and there's times where you you just, you know, you were very profitable. But the disappointments are going to be great. The people you hire who you think are going to be home runs, sometimes they're going to disappoint you. So they're going to be greater than you expected. And these are just realities. It doesn't mean it's, it doesn't chase you away, shouldn't chase you away. It doesn't mean it's it means you chose the wrong business. It doesn't mean any of that. It means yeah. this is what everybody goes through. And a lot of times when you're an independent, you think you're the only one going through that. And that's, that's why right. part of being a franchise is awesome because you go, hey, this is happening. Oh, yeah, I went through it. I had that happen. Here's how I got through it. And that's, that's huge. That's invaluable. Yeah. And right? I think it's always handy then, to have a Tylenol and Tums. <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. Yeah. You know, and, and, and along with that, I mean, the loads are going to be lower than you imagine. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll take my own personal experience. I mean, you know, for many, many years, you know, we kept growing, growing, growing. Things were great. Yeah, you had your challenges, everything I just talked about. But then when we crashed and we crashed hard, I mean, the low was lower than I could ever imagine. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, you start to lose kind of, you start to think you're never going to, to, you know, to pay your bills ever again. So, you know, there's always going to be this. It really is a roller coaster ride. And then the other thing is, as, as you're experiencing and have experienced, um, as we did when we had to begin, and then as we had to dig it back out, is the price you're going to pay is going to be higher than you anticipate. And it's not always a monetary price. Right. It's going to be an emotional price. It's going to be a, a, a mental price. It's going to be, it, it's going to challenge you, you know, yeah. and that's going to happen. That's part of being in business for yourself. But guess what? In my mind, as when I was an employee of a big corporation, the same thing. I was just doing it for them. Yeah, and you could be replaced in the drop of a dime. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, now, you know, it used to be funny. We used to say when I worked uh, for the big box stores, oh, your job as a leader is to work yourself out of a job. Your job is to grow everybody under you so you no longer have a job to do. 
Well, how ironic that that's kind of what happens in corporate America as you age, as you make more, as you continue to grow and you have younger, a lot of times younger people, more talented people or whatnot, or you've trained them so well, they come up and sure enough, you're out of a job. And then yeah. so the nice thing about owning your own business is you're only out of a job if you choose and you make the decisions to be out of a job. So whether that's poor financial planning, whether that's poor marketing, whether you just say, you know what, I'm tired, I'm done, I'm selling. Those are all things that once you join the venture of entrepreneurship, it is now, there's no more, oh, well, this one didn't do their job or this one didn't do their job. The onus rests solely on your shoulders and you can be a success or you can be a failure and that's all on you. And I think for some people that is amazing and some people that's the kiss of death. And so I think it's important that people really evaluate which one are they. I I think it's perfectly stated, Kristen. And that's, and that's kind of why I wanted to have this segment, right? Each week I'm going to try to bring something else into it, but I wanted to have this so people knew the reality that it's, it's, it's really, that it's really no different, but you get, you get to determine the course of action. And, 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 but there is a reality that it just doesn't go straight line from my open and all of a sudden, boom, I, I'm, I'm where I want to be. Right. Um, you're going to get challenged and, and, and overcoming those challenges and overcome the obstacles, disappointments, the lows, and knowing you might have to pay a higher price than you kind of anticipate, it's all going to be worth it in the end. It, it, it always is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as long as you stay focused, right, and, and put forth that maximum effort. So I just want to, you know, let everybody know that if, you have, if you're in a franchise now or in any business or you're going to get into it, don't be shocked when reality hits, right? But still saying reality bites, right? Don't be yeah. shocked when it hits. That's your challenge. That's that's where it's going. That's where you're going to make or break the success of your business to reach Absolutely. the dream. To, and, and it's never going to be that fantasy that you're not going to have these challenges. I guess is, is the point I was trying to make today. Thank you very much, David. We always appreciate awesome. your insight. You got it. I thought I heard evil Skippy in my ear. I had to make sure. <laughs> have a great week, David. I look forward to seeing you next week. He's on mute. I'm on mute, as usual. Um, David gave us a lot of great information to think about. Um, If you would like some help embracing your reality and navigating it so that you can live the fantasy, um, you need to get out a pen and write this down. Your email, our email, to help find some help navigating the franchise process, buying, finding the right fit, navigating through the purchase process, no cost to you. If you're looking at getting in a franchise, um, email us at yourfuture at pillarsoffranchising.com, and we will hook you up with one of our mentors. Uh, coming up next, we've got Jerry Akers. He is recently returned from D.C., where he has found out all the latest and greatest information that we need on idle loans. So if you want some updates on that and what you need to be thinking about and looking for the next couple of months, don't miss out. Let's welcome Jerry. Jerry, welcome home. It's good to be home, Kristen. Good to see you. Yeah, nice to see you too. And uh, and before we get into all that exciting Washington D.C. business, but kind of to to uh, weave into what David and I were talking about. And just when you got it all figured out on one side, then you go and you open a brand new business concept and you start all over again, right? You know, it's, I was going to warn you. You may hear some clicking in the background because I'm in the back office of my newest enterprise, which is the Joint Chiropractic. Awesome. We're doing a soft opening today. And I know they've got some patients out there that are coming in and trying us out because I can hear it in the background. So, yeah. And uh, once again, no matter how many times you've done this, they keep pointing out to me, I've built, you know, 40 or 50 enterprises over the years. And uh, a new one is still a new one. There's still things you have to learn, Kristen. That's, that's right. So you got to be kind of a franchise junkie, I think, to do what you're doing, right? Well, you do. And it leads right into something else because you brought it up. Um, uh, I'm going to talk about the book for just a second before we get awesome. into the other stuff, Kristen. Um, and and your quote was when you were looking when you're in the big box store and you were thinking of something different, you didn't know what it was. You were searching and all those kinds of things. Literally, I spent two hours today in the studio doing promo pieces for the book to go on Facebook and all that kind of stuff. And two or three of them are related directly to what you said because you know a big chunk of this book is for you. It's for people who are struggling at their job or they just want to have their own destiny 
create multiple generational type things. And uh, this book is for them. And uh, so I'll be putting a link out with some teasers on Pillar's website here, hopefully this next week. So everybody just needs to be watching out for that because awesome. I, think, I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to get some really good tidbits out of it. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, people have that thought and they just need that little extra push or they need to know that there are people that are within a community that can help support them and guide them. And so I'm really looking forward to the book. I can't wait to get my copy. Cool. Well, let's talk about Washington, D.C. and their impact on small business, right? So I was there uh, about I'm going to need to go to the – I think I'm going to need to go to the joint after you talk about it. I can feel <laughs> the tension already. I, I totally get it. And you should live it, Kristen, if you think it's bad hearing it third hand from me, but you should you should live it. But no, you know, it was there was some good news and quite often there's not. So um the idle, E I D L grant that many uh franchisees took advantage of and small business owners uh during the pandemic, uh just got doubled so that if you have taken advantage of that in the past. Um, because of the extended time period we've been dealing with, mainly because of staffing related to COVID, um, sure. they just doubled that. So there's more capacity there. Um, many people have said they just don't want to borrow money, but the bottom line is this is a 30-year note at yeah. I think 3.5% interest, something just ridiculously low. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I'm coaching business owners, um, I'm, I'm coaching them to take what they can get because you can prepay it uh, with no penalty. You may have some interest charges, which is a direct write-off if you own your business. So, you know, no harm, no foul. And there may be some really good things you can do with that that will put your business in a better position. So, you know, it's designed for certain parts of your business. So you'll have to have to spend it on that. But what Mm -hmm. many people miss, Kristen, is that if you're spending, you know, this idle money on perhaps you need to remodel your stores. That's part of what's coming up. And you're thinking you're going to have to borrow money or take it out of cash flow. Well, now the government's going to loan you that money at a low interest rate for a very long term. Yeah. And if you you were to use their money for the things that it's set up for, you're going to save the revenue that would have normally gone to pay for that. And that equal amount of revenue for what you just borrowed from the government could very easily go to pay off a, a myriad of things that will put your organization in a much better position than it is right now. So, so really look at the big picture and think that through from a kind of a global basis instead sure. of just I'm borrowing money. Well, you know, it's interesting because I've talked to a couple of um, much smaller business owners um, than mine. And I said, well, didn't you get the idle money? Well, I did. I said, well, have you used it? Well, I returned it. Well, why did you return it? Because I wasn't going to use it. And I said, well, here we are now a year and a half down the road. And they're wishing that they had that money. And I said, you know, the thing is, and everybody has their own reasons and everybody has their own accountants and things. But, you know, I, I like to always think about the rainy day, you know, Ray and I, you know, our businesses went through the great recession in 07 and 08. And then we go, we all go through COVID and it's like, something's going to happen. Right. I mean, and, and you look at interest rates and housing, I mean, we're in, we're on the brink of something else about to happen. So if you can get that money, get it, hold it, no prepaid penalties. I mean, where do you get a loan like that? Well, and again, looking a little bit more long-term, um, it is very likely interest rates are going up. Yeah. Um, tends to happen with inflation and all that kind of stuff. So it's very likely they're going up. If you've uh-huh. got this money in a rainy day uh, place so that you have access to it, uh, yep. you will have the cheapest money around to do whatever you have to do with your business. You know, we've got uh, 36 locations with great clips. We're in a uh, uh, renewal cycle where you have to remodel all of those, uh, which every franchise, every retail franchise goes through. And, uh, you know, where does that money come from? So what we're going to be doing is um, perhaps using some of the some of the revenue that we've saved through this process to do some of those more proactively right. uh, than we might have been able to before. Because what we see in retail, many times your uh, customer counts and your sales and your revenue go up when you refresh the place that people are walking into. So there'll be some compensating returns on that. So idle, that's one thing. Second piece of good news, SBA is really getting aggressive at getting loans out to small business. They're changing 
uh, many of the expectations they've had in the past, the loan process, some of those kinds of things. So if you're looking at doing anything, perhaps an expansion, uh, an acquisition, uh, or get into something, mm-hmm. get into a franchise, uh, SBA is really, really taking on a heavy load with that right now because of the, uh, you know, the, the prolonged effect of the COVID pandemic and staffing and so on. So um, wow. take a really hard look at SBA. Many people say, I want to use my local bank. I don't really want to go through SBA. Um, right. I highly recommend you at least look at, at both options. In fact, there's a couple other options I would recommend out there. I don't know if I want to put them on here right now, but I'll certainly yeah. put it on the website for people to look up. But I really think I would recommend you look at options and try and make sure you're making the right decision. SBA is not a bad road to take. So let me ask you, Jerry, um, before we jump too far in the SBA thing, which has me like stirring in my seat, because you know I always hear these great concepts, and I'm like, oh, maybe I should do one of those. Oh, I want to buy one of those. Um, how about doubling our EIDL? What do we need to do as small business people to do that? Is that a cumbersome process? Is it pretty straightforward? How do we go about that? Pretty straightforward. I would talk to your uh, banker, uh, and he will generally lead you. Th- he or she will generally lead you through that process. So it's fairly, fairly simple. There's an online app you'll have to do for the government, um, but the banker will lead you through the whole thing. The first call should be to, to that person and okay. um, take their advice. I mean, literally in some way, shape, or form, you're paying them for advice. So sure. uh, let them do it. It's in their best interest too, because if they've got money invested in your business through a loan or something like that, any money you're going to get through this is going to put you in a stronger financial position for them too. Right. So, and, and frankly, you know, they see this as a windfall as far as uh, solidifying their small business base. Well, and I know we've talked to a couple of people, and, and hopefully a few of them are listening today um, or will listen on a replay, that struggle getting money um, from their local bank uh, because, you know, maybe they had ended their professional career before they got started and went to look for funding for their new business. And, I mean, I think this is a great time to go back now and revisit the SBA lending practices, and we've talked before on the episodes, the importance of going through, start with the SBA first, use a bank or banker or lender that's familiar with franchising, because when you just go over to your local banks, a lot of them don't understand the franchising model. They don't uh, know the history of some of these franchisors. And uh, as we know, right, we've had a lot of different lending people on the show, and they will tell you, you know, I've got banks right now that they know this brand and they know that brand and all you do is fill out the paperwork and, and the brand, knowing you're buying a specific brand is as good as gold to them. So many banks and my brother's a banker and he and I have had this conversation. He knows nothing about loaning for a franchise system. They mainly deal in bricks and mortar. So they'll loan you money for a building, maybe give you some operating capital to get it up and running, but they have no idea how to pay for a franchise or how to how to uh, quantify what that value is. So uh, you need to use a a bank that does deal in franchising. Uh, Somebody who uses SBA would, in my opinion, be a really good fit. So that would be my advice as you're looking into this thing. That's an awesome, awesome suggestion. I thank you for that, Jerry. And please, everybody, if you're you're out there and you already own a business, again, go back, revisit the IDL uh, loan. I know for me, I used a bow fly. It's like a clearing house that the franchisors, a lot of franchisors sent that out to franchisees because it's a, it's franchise friendly. So you'll have to go back and see who actually delivered the loan to you. Um, and then again, SBA, if you're looking for money to buy a franchise. Jerry, again, thank you so much. We're so glad you're back. And I know you have a list of things that you're going to be following up with us on. So in the meantime, best of luck with the joint chiropractic out there. Glad to see the office is coming together. It's going to be great. I love it. So one more entrepreneurial endeavor and uh, continuing to try and work for small business owners everywhere. That's awesome. Thank you so much. See you, Kristen. See you next week. Elizabeth. So next week we have on the show, it looks like, Jim Petrowich. And Jim, I hope I said your name right, with the Ronald McDonald House and Great Clips. That's very exciting, huh? It is exciting. He's he's got a, a great gig going on supporting um, families who are who've got children going through some health issues. So he will have a lot to tell us to continue our um, franchising makes a difference month, which makes a difference month, which is it's a very exciting month to highlight all of the great things about 
franchising giving back. Awesome. Awesome. I want to thank everyone for such a great show today. Again, thank you to Michelle Robles with the Ms. Molly Foundation. Thank you to Michelle Meyer with Mutual Ground in Aurora, Illinois. And as always, we have Ray Pillar, Jerry Akers, David Kajanik, Elizabeth Denham for our fabulous magazine, and the evil genius behind Pillars of Franchising, Mr. Fred McMurray. Be sure to catch us again next week on Thursday, <clears throat> excuse me, at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time, or find us on the internet at pillarsoffranchising.com. You can find us on YouTube, on Spotify, you can find us on Beatspot, and any other place you happen, except for a few to get your social media and podcast. And like our new Instagram account at Pillars yeah. of Franchising. Yeah, that was new. I saw that yesterday. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. We look forward to chatting with you again next week. And this is Kristen Shelmessy with Pillars of Franchising. Build it up, 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 build it up